0: lead me oh lord won't you From me.
1: confusion. Peace now reigns.
0: Yes, it does. Because I'm walking, I'm walking with Jesus. And I'm a child, a child of the King. With his own precious, that precious blood. And from sin, from sin, I am set free. Oh, I said that I, I am redeemed. redeemed. I've been bought with the price. With Hallelujah. A, price. a glorious price. You see, Jesus. Oh, Tell of his goodness, his goodness to me. Oh, he purchased my redemption with his own precious, that precious blood. And from sin, from sin I am set free. Such a tiny old...
2: come as that song said I hope you come here today and you have to excuse my my voice I've been fighting a sinus infection all week and it got a little better and now it's coming back on but God will give us grace that you came here to see him high and lifted up because if you'll listen to his words that's how you will see him high And Lift it up. I know this this week for me and I know for many of you. You've probably faced many obstacles and hard things you've went through and and Dallas, you know, his grandpa passed away and they were really close. So, you know, we need to pray for him. I had a cousin pass away down in Portsmouth, Ohio, you know, but thank God that we know that they they were in Christ. So, you know, that brings a comfort and a peace. It still doesn't make it nice or pleasant, but it gives you that peace. But after Tim had asked me to start preaching uh, today, and and I know that you guys maybe are getting a little tired of my gardening stories. (laughs) But I tell you, I've learned so much out there in that garden this year and the the things that that come about. And I started thinking about the garden and the the different times uh, that we see the Bible in the Bible that the garden is mentioned and the things that took place there. And I realized, you know, I had that bout of the the gout in my foot after I got the garden planted and everything was going really good and great. And then I couldn't get down there and do anything. And just in that couple weeks span, all the the weeds that popped up and the diseases that started attacking my plants and all the hard work that I had to do to put into that to try to bring that back around. And that's the same thing with you and I in our life and our walk with God. Jesus Christ wants to walk through the garden of your heart. This is a, a personal thing for each and every one of us in here. Amen. And there's some things that we've got to do. There's some tending to that needs to be done. There, There is... Uh, Times that once things creep up in our lives, how many? I mean, things happen, guys. We have things come up in our life, and there, there's times there. There needs to be some pruning done in our life. There's some things that need to be cut out of our life. There's some things that need to be added to our life. We got to fertilize these things in our life. That fertilizer that I put on the garden to help all that stuff grow, guys. It's the Word of God. If we're not applying that to our life, we're not going to grow spiritually. We're not going to grow. In the ways of the Lord, it's not going to happen. You're going to have a stunted growth. You're not going to produce any fruit. And if your fruit does produce, it's going to be small and it's not going to taste good. It's not going to be good for your life. And as I started thinking about all these things in the garden, I couldn't help but go to the place in the garden where it all started. So many times, When we look back on this, guys, we don't think much about it. But the original sin began in the garden. And it began by simply not listening to what God had commanded. God had given a command to Adam. He had put him in a beautiful garden. Everything there was growing that was absolutely perfect. It probably all tasted absolutely delicious. Think of that. He didn't have to do anything but walk. God's spirit was in the garden with him daily and walked with him and communed with him and talked with him. And God felt that it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. So he created Eve and put her in the garden with him. And then one day it came when they decided not to adhere to and not to listen to the word of God. Not to listen to the command of God. They decided, you know, God has given us and it had already come up a little bit this morning. God has given every one of us the free will to either follow him and obey his word and his uh, path for our life. Or we can turn our back on him and totally ignore his path and his will for our life. And sometimes there's that place where we kind of get off the path. Not, Not because we choose to or because we purpose to in our heart. But Satan will throw these little things in our life and our sin nature will revive itself. And we decide to go our own way Instead of God's way. And every time we do that. Every time you look in the Bible. When man chose to go man's way. Man created problems. Not for just himself. But as we'll see with Adam. Adam's fall and Adam's failure. It affected the whole world. Until this day. Adam's sin. It not only corrupted Adam and Eve. But it's corrupted every one of us. And give us all sin nature. Guys, I want to let you know today the choices. We all make choices every day of our life. And the things that we do, Duran sings a song that those coming up behind us, I don't remember, they're watching us. They're paying attention to our life. They're watching the decisions we make, the mouth we have, the words we speak, the things we do. None of us are perfect and we all fall short of the glory of God, says the word of God. But guys, it's important as to what we do when those things crop up, when they begin to grow in our life. We've got to get into the Word of God and we've got to repent and seek His face to have those things uprooted in our life. It's a daily walk, guys. It's not one and done. It's a daily walk with Christ. That's the only way that we'll have a fruitful life. It's the only way that we can walk and know that we are in the will of God is we have got to have the word of God deep down in our heart. Said we got to have the word of God in there that I may not sin against him. That's the only way it will happen. If you'll go with me briefly to Genesis 2. I want to start there. You know, as we're looking at I couldn't think of anything to really title this, Matthew. It just, you know, there was two two different gardens. There was two different outcomes. Because there was one followed the will of the Father and one did not follow the will of the Father. And I want you to see today that what you decide to do with your life, who you decide that uh, you're going to submit your will to. That is one of the toughest things that you as a Christian, or if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you still want to sit on the the throne of your life. You want to be the Lord over your life. You cannot do that and walk for the Lord God Almighty. It will never happen because he will not take second place to you. He's either got to be first and be high and lifted up as Shiloh just sang about or he'll be low and not paid attention to. You'll exalt yourself and your, your life, your, your job, your, your money, the things. You know, we, we live in a world in a time where everything is right now, right now. We want it now and we want it our way. God does not work like Burger King. You can't have it your way. It's got to be His way. His way is the right way. Our way is always the wrong way. Every time I get away from this word of God for a week or two and life consumes me and I get too busy and I'm not in it in the mornings and I'm not reading it at night, You know, maybe it's not that I'm particularly doing anything bad. But I can see myself gradually drifting away. Guys, it don't take long. I want you to remember Adam walked with God every day in that garden. It was perfect. He gave them one command. One. And they couldn't keep it. God allowed Adam to name every animal. He brought them to him. How how beautiful is that that God would say, Adam, here's everything I created but you name Whatever you call them, that's what I'll call them. You know he'll do the same thing for you and me. Bring whatever trouble you got to me, and I'll change that for you. I'll give you a new name. There'll be a new name written down in glory. But you have got to get to the point where you say, not my will, Lord, but your will. We hang on to our own will. We hang on to our own desires for our life. It might be that that job. It might be that career. It might be those people in your life that God has told you time and time again, get them out of your life. They're causing corruption. They're causing you to, to, you know, when you hang out with that wrong crowd, you already have a sin nature. And when you hang out with that wrong crowd, that sin nature is just revived. You will become more like them. You can't be a child of God and walk in the light and walk in darkness. There is no fence to ride. You're either in the light and the glory of God or you're still walking in the darkness and the deprivation of your sins. There is no two ways. Before I get started with that, I want to bring up something that you don't, we don't hardly ever hear it anymore. But child of God, once you're saved. You claim to know Christ. You claim to believe the gospel and you've repented of your sin. To repent means to turn away from. It doesn't mean that you just feel sorry for it and you go on. It means you turn away from it. You take a new path. You forsake those things. But once you begin this walk with God, there is a thing that needs to take place in your life. And it's called sanctification. Things need to gradually fall away. You need to become more and more as you walk. You need to look more and more like Christ. You need to be turned into the image of Christ. I know I fall short of that. I know I still deal with issues in my life. And I'm sure that everyone in here still deals with issues, sin problems, and different things that come up in their life. There was only one perfect. He was the one that was high and lifted up. It's not me. It's not Tim. It's not this church. It's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's the only thing. And it's the only way. When you become a Christian, you have got to become very narrow minded. There's not many ways to heaven as Oprah and Joe Osteen tells you. There's one way and it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. What he done at Calvary is the only way. He said anybody that climbs up or tries to come in any other way is a thief and a robber. And you should not expect to get in that way. He's the door. So if your life is not lined up with his will, you're not going to walk through that door. If your life is lined up with his will today, maybe there's some things that's crept up that you need to get rid of. Maybe we need some pruning done. You know, maybe we need to go back to John when we hear the Jesus being the vine and he dressed the vines and knows that were there was some purging, there were some things that took place. Jesus never said that walking this life would be easy. He he actually said everything contrary to that. He said that you'll have tribulation, you'll have sorrow. Look at his life and what he went through. He went through tribulation, sorrow, problem after problem after problem. Why? Because of sinful men. But he stayed true to the Father. In Genesis 2, 15, I think is where I'm going to start. It says, And the Lord God took the man after he had created everything in the garden, and he put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, here's the command, Out of of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that you eatest thereof you shall surely die. That was God's command. His will was for Adam. Adam, you can have everything. Don't touch this one thing. How many, do you, how many of you know that the enemy in our sin nature as well does the same thing? There's all this stuff is free to us. It's good to us. We can do this and we can do that. If you're an alcoholic like I was, the best thing to do is stay away from anything that looks like alcohol. Don't go hang with them because you're going to fall back that way. If you're a drug addict, stay away from the people who do drugs. If you're a sex addict or, or, or whatever, lust fills your life, quit looking at pornography. You're not going to get away from that and break that and obey his command until you cut those things out of your life. Amen. But those things all look good to us. The fruit looked good to Eve. I'm sure it looked good to Adam. But as we see, they partook of it and they broke God's law and they broke God's will. Verses, uh, let me see, where am I at here? 15 through 17, I've read those. I want to move on now to chapter 3 for just a few verses. In chapter 3 and verse 7, the word of God says, And the eyes of them, after they had eaten and partaken of the fruit, their eyes were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, And listen at verse 8. They heard the voice of the Lord of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Why did Adam and Eve do that? They knew within their mind that they had done something that was not pleasing to God. They knew that they had done the one thing that God had told them, do not do. Every other day they were there communing with God and in perfect fellowship. God loving them and them loving him back. But they did that one thing and then they were ashamed. They were totally naked and it didn't bother them in the least. You think of that today, it sounds like a weird thing to us. But they didn't know the difference between it. It didn't bother them. They had not known that. That's why God said, do not eat of anything from the tree. Because in that day your eyes would be opened up. Sin will be let loose. And that's exactly what happened. In verse 9, it says, And the Lord God called unto Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? Do you think God didn't know where Adam was? Do you think God didn't know what they had already done? Do you think God doesn't know what you've already done? He already knows. He already knows, but He still loves you. You know, even after all this was done, you know, God. Instead of the little fig leaves, God, we see the first sacrifice. We don't know how it happened, but God in some way slayed an animal and made them coats of skin as a covering for them. Guys, he'll do that very same thing for you today. If you're backslid or if you don't know him or if you've never confessed him as Lord and Savior of your life, you can't just scoot over and let him come up and sit with you. You've got to get out of the way and let him have the throne of your heart. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you was naked? Have you eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that you shouldn't eat? You know, see, God does that to me when Randy does something stupid or when Randy lets something fly out of his mouth that shouldn't come out of it. He says, Randy, have you said and done things? that I told you not to do. And i got to say, yes, Lord, I have. Lord, forgive me. Help me not to say and do those things again. Lord, help me to be full of compassion and love and not be critical and and, and full of other things that shouldn't be in my life. Guys, we've got to come to that point where we do that. Then the blame game starts. Have you ever blamed somebody else for the stupid mistakes you've made in your life? Pretty. We're always quick to point that finger, aren't we? That's what, they, that's what they did. It's exactly what they did. In and, and verse 12, he said, And the man said, The woman that you gave me, she gave me as a tree, and I did eat. So let's blame Eve. God, I was sitting here doing what you told me to do, but Eve plucked that off of there and gave it to me, so you be mad at her. You get hurt. Leave me alone. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all the cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and the dust thou shalt eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy heel, and thou shalt bruise her head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. The woman does the same thing. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. And in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam, listen to what he says unto Adam, unto everyone else he tells them, What they are going to do. The serpent's going to crawl on the belly. The woman, because you did this thing, you're going to have travail and you're going to have labor pains. I've never been through those things, but Lord, I've heard of some of them. It's a a terrible thing, but it brings forth and produces such a wonderful gift from God. But in verse 17, he said unto Adam, Adam, because you have hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake, and in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. God said, Adam, because you chose to listen to someone else other than what I told you, All the days of your life, you're going to have troubles and sorrow. When you eat now, you're not just going to go pick it from the tree. You're going to have to till the ground. You're going to have to prepare the ground. You're going to have to gather the seeds and plant those. You're going to have to do the pruning. You're going to have to do a lot of the watering. You're going to have to do all these things, Adam, because you chose to obey your wife and not me. Men, let me tell you something. If your wife tries to ever get you to do something that's outside of the will of God or you know it's wrong in God's eyes, don't do it. Women, likewise, if your husband tells you to do things that's outside of the will of God and you know it's not good for your life, don't do it. The little bit of problem that it might cause between the two of you will be much less than the problem it's going to cause between you and God if you pursue that in your life. He goes on to tell him that thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee and uh, thou shalt eat the herb of every field. In the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread th- uh, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it thou was taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. So see, we see the beginning and the origin of sin. We see the beginning and the origin of death. Up until this point, everything was beautiful. Nothing was dying. Everything had life. And it's already came out this morning that now the only way of life is life through the blood. The Word of God says our life is in our blood. If our blood quits flowing, our life is over. But your life actually is already over even if your blood is flowing today if you don't have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your life it's the only thing that can cleanse you it's the only thing that can heal you it's the only way of salvation there is no other go with me if you will there's another place that I want to go I want to go to another garden I want to take a trip to another garden over in Matthew in Matthew 26 excuse me my nose keeps running I'm sorry I can't help it I'll try to catch it Hopefully it's not faster than me. Guys, I've been studying this stuff and reading this stuff, and I tell you, it it tears me up what Christ went through for me. But you know what? He went through it for every one of us. But when I look back on my life and what I was, Bobby, I say, Lord, why? How can you love me that much? How? I am not worthy. I got news for you. Neither are you. None of you are. We got to quit being high and lifted up ourselves. We got to realize what He went through for us, for us. You know, there's a there's a new term that come out here lately in all of our goofy elections and all that stuff. They call them on the Republican side, they call them rhinos, Republican in name only. I venture to say in the church today, we've got another one too, and they're called maybe Sinos, Christian in name only. They're truly not found in the book of life. They've never been redeemed. They've come to an altar of prayer, maybe under emotion or whatever, but they've walked back out and they've led their life the same way that they always have there's never been that change if you're here today and you accept Christ or you name the name of Christ and your life is still the same you need to be afraid of what's coming you can't be a Christian in name only you need to be a Christian in thought and in deed and in the walk of your life you must be transformed more and more into the image of Christ in Matthew 26, I'll try to hurry and get through this. In verse 36 is where I want to start. They've done, already had the Last Supper in the upper room. Jesus has told his disciples over and over again what is going to take place. He's told them that I must go to Jerusalem, that I am going to be given into the hands of sinners, that I will be killed. And then I'll be raised up the third day. But they didn't quite get it, Bobby. They didn't understand. They had a perception in their mind, and I'll try to get into it a little bit as we read some of this. I don't want to jump the gun there. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But they had something in their mind, and I think a lot of times we've got in our mind that Christ is our our ticket to heaven, but nothing else needs to change. We can keep on going on and doing whatever it is that we want to do, that there needs to be no surrendering of our will. But with your will is still prevalent in your life, you're not doing the things of God. You're not following the path that God has for you. Maybe some of you here today, you've been called into ministry, or God has been trying to push you to do something, and you're fighting against that. You don't want to do it. Can I tell you something? If you don't want to do it, that's probably the exact plan that God has for your life. Jesus come into something here that he, he was going to do it, but he didn't really want to. If there was any other way, Lord, let's find another way. But there was no other way. You know, Sister Shirley, after I mentioned that and brought that up, months ago she decided to start that Bible study at her house with her family. It's been a blessing, ain't it, Shirley? I continued to fight it. I was supposed to be doing it before you was. But I continued to fight it. But about a month ago, I said, enough, Lord, I give. (laughs) I give in. Lord, whoever it is, and it may sound funny to you, I didn't know what to do, do that day. I went down my phone and I just, whatever, whoever, I felt like the Lord told me to click on. I click, 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 and I sent them. I had no idea who would show up, who would come. I had no idea. First night we had, I believe it was 18, showed up at my little house. And I thought, Lord, only you. You've got to surrender your will completely. See, I was still hanging on to, God, I I read the word. I preach when Tim asked me to preach. I go to the nursing home, it wasn't enough, it wasn't his total will for my life. There's some of you here today, you can only reach those in your family. See, I've had some in my family's been coming, some ain't been coming. But I believe God to bring them in there. You know, if they won't come here, maybe they'll come there. And I said, Lord, whatever your will is, help me to surrender my will and be in the center of yours, not walking around dancing on the edges, but to be in the center of your will. And God's been blessing that little thing. Some of them have been texting me independently of our group text thing. Thank you for doing that. I don't want them to thank me, Duran, because it ain't me. Randy didn't want to do it. Randy didn't want to do it. I already had many other things going on in my life with Jackson, with home, with work, with with studying for sermons, with doing other things. I didn't want to weed out that time, Andy, on Friday night to do that. But thank God he finally broke down that wall and said, look, you've been praying for your family to get saved. You've been praying for a way to witness and minister to them. I'm trying to open that door, and you're standing right in the way of it. Get out of the way. Get out of my way and let me open up that door. In verse 36 of the 26th chapter of Matthew, it says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go yonder and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then he said unto them, My soul was exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Carry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, Father. And he came unto the disciples and he found them asleep. How many times were asleep? When we need to be praying, when we need to be searching, when we need to be seeking, when we need to be trying to find out what God's will is for our life and what we should do. Every day, as I mentioned earlier, we make decisions better important decisions. When you get up and you decide you woke up a little late and you don't have time to pray. I don't have time for my daily devotional. I don't have time to seek God's word for 10 or 15 minutes. When you decide to do those things, you've done gotten your day off track. You've done gotten your day off course. We're all guilty of it. I've been guilty of it. But Jesus told him, sit here and pray. He didn't say pray for me. He knew what he was facing. He said pray that you don't fall into temptation. Jesus wants us to seek his face that we will not fall into the temptation to the things that we desire in our life that are ungodly, the things that we don't need in our life. He told Peter, I have prayed for you, Peter, because uh, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. God prayed for him. We need to pray for ourselves that we don't fall into the day-to-day temptations that the devil and ourself will lay in, in our path. Guys, it's a daily thing. How many things creep up in your life on a day-to-day basis that you've got to steer clear of? It's all over your phone. It's all over your Facebook, your chit-chat, bit-bot, and all the other whatever they are. You spend more time in that. You spend more time seeing what anybody else has said on there than you spend seeing what God has said in here. We don't find it no problem. To sit there. And, but we find it so difficult to sit down for 10 or 15 minutes a day. That's minute. Maybe just enough to scathe by. I don't know. We need more time in God's word. We've got to be able to resist the temptation because the tempter is still going to come. Just because you're covered, if you're here today and you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, the temptations and the the tempter is always going to be there. And he's going to turn the fire up. The closer you try to get to God, the higher the fire is going to go. So the more you need to seek God in prayer, the more you need to know his will for your life, the more, the closer you need to get to him. He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. And he said uh, uh, that the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. How many knows that this flesh, what we walk in every day is what we call our body. It is very, very weak. That's why it is so important for your inner man, that inner being that Carl talks about. He needs to be strong. He needs to have the word of God within you that your spirit can be strong enough to tame this old flesh. That you can stand up in that hour and say, I will not do that because that's not pleasing to my heavenly father. Jesus Christ paid a price for me. He said in his word that you are bought with a price. You are not your own. So why do you think that you are? Why do you think that you can make decisions and govern and guide your life? Why did Jesus come and give his life if we could do it on our own? We can't. He gave one command in the garden, don't eat off of that tree. What happened? He went away again the second time and he prayed saying, Oh my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. God, no matter what, let your will take place in his life, is what he was saying. Jesus knew what he was up against. He knew what he was facing. You and I don't most of the time, so it's extra critical that you and I have the mind of God for our life, that we look for his will, that we read his word, and that we know his way. Christ knew that he was going to go and suffer, but still yet in that agony in the garden, In his flesh. He said God if there's any other way. What was he so scared of? He was the son of God. He had done faced everything. You read through all the scriptures. All the things that he had been faced with. The temptation in the wilderness for 40 days. Tempted by the devil every day. Overcame that. Passed it with flying colors. Did not falter in any one area. All the demons and the demoniac of Gadara and all the things that Christ overcame. But you say, well, yeah, but he's the son of God. He was also man in the flesh. Don't forget that. That's why he is the only perfect lamb of God. None of us are perfect, so don't act like you are. It just throws others off course. They think I can't live up to that. The only one they need to see that they can't live up to is Jesus Christ. Then and then they will know that I fall short of that. I am not as He is. I can't do the things that He does. I need that Savior. What are you holding on to today? What will you not relinquish to Him? feel like sometimes, you know, in, in that big garden of our heart, it's a big place. And I think sometimes we try to cover things up. and We try to say, well, God, you can have, you know, they usually talk about it being doors. But, Lord, just stay away from this door. There's things in our lives that we need to allow God to help us with. He wants to take those things out of your life. Not to harm you, to help you. It doesn't, pruning doesn't feel good. Ask my tomato plants. I let them suffer for two or three weeks, surely. I had to whack them and hack them and cut them off, and then they, they looked awful for a little while, and then I fertilized them and I prayed, and I said, God. And then towards the end, guess what? They come right back. You can be brought back into that right relationship with God today. No matter if you've wilted away or if you've had some funky fruit come up in your life and you've done things that you shouldn't have done God is at the door in Revelation he says I stand at the door and knock and he that will open up to me I will come in and sup with him and he with me and then he said the strangest thing Duran. that just blows my mind he said to him that overcomes I will allow him to sit in my throne does that not just tear you up today? I don't deserve to sit on his throne. But it's a promise that he's given everyone that overcomes. Not to say, I'm I'm a Christian, and then on Facebook is running everybody down the road and cussing like a sailor. Friend, if that's you today, you're not ready to go. The thing that Jesus was so terrified of was that little cup. Does it look little in your eyes? That cup was the wrath of God being poured out upon him the perfect sinless Lamb of God that had never done one thing wrong in his life had walked perfect, done everything according to the Father's will But he was being asked to drink of that cup, the wrath of God that's going to be poured out on sinners. At the end, at the great white throne judgment, if you don't know him today, that cup of wrath is still looming over your head. The Bible says that it's full to the top, and it's mixed strong, and it's going to be poured out on any that have not been born again, any that are not found in the Lamb's book of life. That cup, let me tell you, you cannot stand to drink it but you're going to if you do not know him today if you've never repented of your sin if you've never seen him high and lifted up and all the things that he went through for you if you've never claimed christ as your own that cup of wrath is still waiting on you see there's a heavenly courtroom you've got an appointment you will not miss it you will not be late you will not have an attorney standing there for you Every accusation, every indictment, that's a good word today, every indictment against you, it's still there on file. You will stand trial for it. You won't have enough for bail. You won't have somebody to come and get you out. Jesus Christ the righteous will read that judgment and he'll say, depart from me for I never knew you. Guys, I hope that you're listening today. You know, everybody thinks, I can't help but think, Tim, of every time you tell me that your mom says she just puts that off, man, you know, and then then the death of my cousin. Thank God, I mean, he was a Christian man, but he was walking, me and Bobby was talking about this out in the hallway, he was a, a respiratory therapist, so he knew how a lot of that stuff worked, started having these strokes and all these crazy things going on that he really didn't know why. So guys, he went from a fruitful, had a good life, had plenty of money, was a very humble man, did all that he ever wanted to do. But the last three months of his life, see it changed just like that. He went from a very humble man with a great life, serving God, good occupation, walking with Jesus, to bedridden for the last three months of his life. Don't think that your life can't change just like that you're one breath away from eternity you're one breath away from your court date I don't care what your age is you know often when we go to the cemetery I walk around sometimes and I look at those headstones and you see some that's nine years old some's 19 years old some's 29 39 Some's been fortunate enough to make it up into their 90s. Death is not a number. Death is a day. We've all got that day coming. That day is coming. Yours may be faster than mine. Mine might be today. I don't know. But the thing is, you've got to be ready at all costs, and you've got to stay ready. And he came unto them again in verse 43. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and he went away, and he prayed the third time, saying the same words. So he went back the third time, saying the same thing. Uh, We already see where he says, Oh, my Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And then he, in the second prayer, he said, My Father, if it... Uh, If this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. Christ was adamant about being exactly in line with the will of the Father he was not actually there, there was no time in this when salvation or what was getting ready to take place it was never in limbo I don't believe it was ever in limbo the word says that he could have called 10,000 angels to come and rescue him I don't think he would have even needed the 10,000 angels that was just a, 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 a little bit of show I guess Jesus doesn't need anything he didn't need that army of angels to come rescue him but we do see in, in his flesh in that day in the garden, his agony was because of this wrath that was going to be poured out on him was so terrible over in Luke it talks about when he got down and he prayed that it was the great sweat drops of blood. Have you ever been in agony to that point? Has anything ever distressed you to the point that you was bleeding and as you were sweating? That ought to give you some sign and indication of what the wrath of God is like poured out on sinners. You can't escape it. You're not going to miss it and he's not going to soften it up. Praise God that Jesus did not give in. Praise God that he didn't change his way. Praise God that he went to that cross for you and I. He shed that blood and by faith today you can put your faith in that. That is what redemption is. It's not what you do, it's what you do with the thought in your mind of how must, uh, yesterday he brought up about the, uh, the Philippian jailer when he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your family shall be saved. Why would the rest of that family be saved? They weren't all saved because the jailer was saved. But they seen something in that jailer. They seen that he had a change of heart. That he believed Jesus Christ was the way, the truth, and the life. And they decided because the jailer did that, his family followed suit. That's what I see out of it. That's, what I, that's the gospel of Randy, not the, not the gospel gospel. But that's how I see it happening. Guys, that's how I see it happening in our lives. I know when I finally came to Christ some more came in. When you came to Christ, some more probably came in. Guys, it's it's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing. There's some in here today, maybe you've got something in your life that you need to get rid of. Something needs to be pruned out of your life. We hate, man, when messages come like this, we hate coming up to these altars. Because Satan is sitting back there telling you, oh, it's so shameful. And you go up there, they'll think you got all kinds of problems. Can I clue you in on something? You do. <laughs> I do. We do. We've got to lay them at the feet of Jesus. You know, the disciples through all this, they, they were the word says they were a little sorrowful and they couldn't stay up. But you know what in their minds, what they were thinking? This was the part about the temptation that he was talking about. Don't fall into the temptation. What was the temptation? Have you ever thought of that? The temptation was that maybe they wouldn't allow Christ to suffer to die that they would stand up for him and try to protect him because in their minds, he had already come. He had come to set up his kingdom. He was going to change everything. He was going to throw down Rome and, and, and God's kingdom on earth was here. That was not God's plan whatsoever. God's plan was to come for sinful man to crucify his son. It says in the word that it pleased God to do this to his son. Can you imagine that today? That it pleased God to crucify him and to put him through the agony and the terrible pain that he suffered on that cross. Even before the cross, the suffering started in the garden. He was down on his face saying, oh God, if this can pass for me. Is there any other way? Search all of heaven. Is there any other way? But there wasn't. He was the only way. But praise God. Guys, he didn't give up. He didn't go home. He fought like a champ. He went up there, and when they were accusing him and beating the snot out of him and doing all that stuff, he stood there like that and he didn't say a word. He answered Pilate one thing Are you king of the Jews? you say I am he kept his mouth shut he had a duty to fulfill he knew God's will and he knew his will was to be hung on that cross for our sins and for the sins of all those that were around there the disciples had went away and fell asleep at the crucifixion they were not even John was standing there with his mother but what did the other ones do they cowered away because they were afraid something was going to come on them they would snatch them up and maybe do the same thing. But later on we read that every one of them, as their relationship and their dependency on Christ grew, they were willing to lay down their lives and be martyred as well. Every one of them was willing to be martyred. The only one that wasn't was John. Peter said, I am not worthy to be crucified. Hang me upside down. So you see, once you're in a relationship with Jesus... And you walk with Christ and you start to understand what He went through and what He bore up for you and the things that He's done, it makes you a lot bolder. It gives you the opportunity to be more in His will because you know what was laid down for you. I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. I'm going to shut up. I don't know who has a, a song. if you guys want to come back up and get something ready guys as we walk this life things creep back up the Bible talks about you know when when you're born again you're a new creation in Christ Jesus but then it goes on to talk about that old man and talking about that sin revived if you're here today friend and you've got something in your life give it to Jesus he's here to help you don't be afraid of these altars Don't be afraid of what anybody else in this room might think because if the truth be known, they know they need to be up here as well. They know something's come up in their life. They know they failed the Lord in some area. We're not perfect, guys, but we have got his grace and his mercy. His arms are always... He's not on that cross anymore, but his hands and his arms are still just like this today. He says, come to me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will take those things from you I will pluck up the roots that's in your garden I will give you what you need today you need to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life and then you need to live like a Christian not in name only but as a true Christian following the word of God leaning on the Holy Spirit to guide and direct your life you need to do that to inherit the kingdom of God it's not a one and done thing it's an everyday walk a personal relationship with Christ if you don't know him today he's here he's here you know that we always say like this morning we always say there's such a sweet sweet spirit today Mm -hmm. anywhere the Holy Spirit is is always sweet we say that kind of foolishly in this word today I know part of it's difficult but guess what on the other end of it it's sweet 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 You can go from death to life today. You can go from struggling to set back up in your right place with God. You can be released from that thing in your life. You can be forgiven for whatever it is that you've done. Guys, repentance is not just being sorrowful in your heart. It's turning and saying, God... I'm going to come your direction. I'm going to do a 180 and I'm going to run right back to that cross and I'm going to get a hold of that cross. And the cross is not what saves you, but what was done on that cross is what saves you and it's what keeps you. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what will keep you and give you eternal life. Think about it, guys. Where would you go today? You know, my cousin Mark, He was his life was taken your grandpa's life was taken after that point guys there's no change in your mind you don't know when that point's gonna come I've heard of all the stories of the people leaving the service and then getting killed in a car accident you never know when your ticket is up we must be ready at all times Whatever's troubling you today, bring it to Jesus. He is your way maker. Guys, I stand here today, you know, Betty sang that song about redeemed. I know in my heart I'm redeemed. But I also know many times that I don't deserve it. And also that sometimes I bring shame and reproach to the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And I've got to go back. In Revelation, it talked about when he had something to say to some of them churches. He said, go back and do that first work over. You've left your first love. Don't be a religious person today. Religion will never enter into the kingdom of God. Your religion will never get you there. Your relationship with the Savior will. It still blows my mind when he says, I will grant unto them to sit at my throne. Are you going to get to sit there? Do you feel that promise in your heart today? If you're not ready, friend, I will get ready. Because time is drawing nigh. Things are wrapping up. Even the atheists, the ones that say they don't even believe in God, they know things are jacked up. Something's getting ready to happen, they say. It is. He's getting ready to split that eastern sky and he's going to come and God's going to say, go and get my children. Are you one of the children today? Do you know that today? If you don't come, the Spirit is bidding you come as they sing something.
0: Hear the voice of love that's calling There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands Everything you're going through BUT YOU KEEP STANDING AT A DISTANCE IN THE SHADOW OF YOUR SHAME THERE'S A LIGHT OF HOPE THAT'S SHINING WON'T YOU COME AND TAKE YOUR PLACE AND BRING IT ALL TO THE TABLE there's nothing he ain't seen before for all your sin all your sorrow and your sadness there's a savior and he calls bring it all to the table and he can see the weight you carry And the fears that hold your heart But through the cross you've been forgiven You're accepted as you are So bring it all to the table There's nothing he ain't seen before all your trials all your worries and your burdens there's a savior and he calls bring it all to the table you can bring it all Find your grace Come on in Take your place There's no one who's turned away All you sinners And all you saints Come right in And find your grace And bring it all To the table There's nothing He ain't seen before For all your sins Sorrow and your sadness. There's a Savior and he calls. Bring it all to the table. Oh, bring it all to the table.
2: Jesus said something else over in Revelation as these are praying he said and behold I come quickly and my reward is with me to every man according to his work shall be I am the alpha and the omega the beginning and the last the first and the last I'm sorry blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into that city following right after that he also says something else that Without that gate and without are the dogs and the sinful and those that were not bid to enter in. I don't know why I feel it so strongly in my spirit today, but I'm going to ask Matthew to please sing that, another verse or something, one more time. There's someone in this place that needs to get right with God. There's someone in this place that's battling in the spirit today. There are Christians up here getting things right with God. There are sinners back there that have never gotten right with God. Don't miss your opportunity today, friend. As Matthew sings, come and give your life to Christ. He is standing ready for you today.
0: Oh, hear the love, voice of love that's calling. There's a chair that waits for you. everything you're going through Mm -hmm. but you keep standing at a distance in the shadow of your shame oh but there's a light of hope that's shining won't you come and take your place And bring it all to the table. There's nothing he ain't seen before. But all your sin, all your sorrow, and your sadness. There's a Savior and he calls. Bring it all to the table.